Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. This is another journal episode, and this is my fourth time trying to record this episode because I keep going off on a tear, and it's not going to benefit you, and I'm trying to figure out how to make my point and not sound like a vibrating asshole. Um... I just feel like a community, uh, okay, the new age culture that has adopted yoga and has adopted all of the kirtan even, uh, all of these things, and so many of these people have never even at least read the Bhagavad Gita, much less Pantanjali's Yoga Sutras, much less the Ramayana much less the Katu Panishad. And you guys are missing so much of the fucking point. And, and you're into like all of this stuff that's kind of wasting your time. You're, you're using your elbow to get to your asshole in a weird way. And it's like, man, just, just give them a read, you know? Um, and there's a lot of weird <laughs> reasons why people, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's like, I don't know, I'm not even going to venture a guess, but if just take a, take a look at the Bhagavad Gita, just read Eknath Eshwan's commentary on it, just give it a shot and don't get the one with like at the new edition that it's the one where it's like all in one book. Try that. Also. Or if um, a really great version of the Ramayana that's really fantastic to listen to is if you go on Audible, there is a Ramayana that Ramdas reads. And he has such a wonderful, cute little reading voice. I can't recommend it enough. <clears throat> when it comes to Pantanjali's Yoga Sutras, uh, the one that uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the, the TM guy, his Pantanjali's Yoga Sutras, that translation is really fantastic and easy to read. Um, but what I posted something a while back that kind of started me on this, like, kind of this thing where it, in the beginning of the, the Yoga Sutras, when it says, Now is the teaching of yoga, so many yoga teachers people think that that means that like, so we're going to start this now. That's not what it means. There's layers to it. Presence, yoga, coming into you. Yoga literally means coming into union with God and like, <clears throat> or to yoke to and the, the nowness, the presence. There's so many layers to this stuff and it's, there's so much allegory and beauty in it and it, you can spend a lifetime uncovering layers and it's only going to enrich your life. But I see you guys with like, and no offense to any of these people, but just read these books, please. Just give it a shot. You know, uh, close your rupee car in your young Pablo book and just, just give the Gita a shot, please. There's a reason that it's, you know, and uh, you know, the Vijnana Baharava, that's another one. Give, give, just give it a fucking look. I don't know. 
Like, why not? Like, why are you fucking around with all this other shit that's like... It's such basic, fucking basic cable bullshit. It's not going to help you. And I know, I know it feels like it is. It's great because you feel heard and blah, blah, blah. But like, come on. Just Krishna, Arjuna, get into it. Give it a shot. Um, <clears throat> hard days are good days. They're good days. Um, I'm having a hard time. Um, personal stuff heartache it's sharpening the sword Um, but it's good I'm in it I'm in it and I'm not pushing I'm not pulling I'm being just with it other than me yelling into my headset here I'm being quiet and still (laughs) obviously not right now um, but, uh, hard days are good days and, um, death in one lifetime is very real to die to one thing and take birth into the next. Very real. Um, yeah, it's good. It's okay. Um, Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's life. And I was, you know, I was talking to um, a friend. um, And, you know, she was like, how come, you know, how did you get through, like, you know, the trauma and the, you know, how did you get clear with that? And and the reality is, is, I mean, I don't think you ever really do. Like I mentioned before, while my nervous system definitely doesn't, uh, respond to the memories, there's still little, I don't have like a trauma response anymore, but I definitely get tight. Um, and if I get tight at the right moment, I might like, I kind of like lash out a little bit. I did that this week in front of a bunch of clients, which was actually great. It's <laughs> I got to look at them. And so we were, I was running a group and, um, where I work, there's little cottages and things like that. And we're in this little house cottage thing. We're all sitting in the living room and I'm, I'm you know, talking and some IT people come in to, uh, who the fuck knows, why they don't schedule this shit when there's a lot like things happening, I have no idea, no clue. Um, but <laughs> it could go into like the, just the dumb shit that happens. People forget that, like, even though you work in mental health, addiction, whatever, it's still a business and there's still office politics and nonsense that happens. But um, they walked in and they were talking to each other at conversational volume while I was speaking to clients. And I immediately went, hey, I I was just exactly what I said, hey, what the fuck? Just like that. And they stopped like, oh, sorry. He's like, yeah, we're doing a thing in here, man. And they're like, oh, sorry, sorry. I went in there and I kind of just smiled at everybody. I said, so here's what that was. Now, 
Um, I've mentioned before about abuse, uh, some pretty significant learning disabilities that accompanied that abuse. And when uh, something in my mind somewhere doesn't feel heard or feels that it's being pressed down, diminished, or uh, devalued somehow, I get very, uh, when I feel unheard or unrecognized, you know, not all the time, obviously. Um, you know, I don't pop off every time somebody gets into the 10 items or less line with 20 items. You're obviously dismissing me then and, you know, you have no consideration for the people behind you, um, which is, seems to be something that happens to me quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just the right moment and I felt protective of the group. I feel that what I'm saying to these people is important. I have a level, I feel a level of urgency when I'm talking to them because I need them to understand what I'm saying. So there's this pressure in that. And then you come in and talk over me to some pencil necked, pleated khaki sweater vest fuck. See, there it is. That's, that's just what's in my head. You know, I'm just being honest. You know, and it's like, oh, you're just going to do that and diminish their experience, what I'm saying, because you guys are talking about fucking whatever the fuck it is you're talking about. And so I, it's almost like this is me feeling unheard and I feel less than and I feel devalued by them just walking and doing that and being that inconsiderate because they, they saw us in here and they still just walked in and did that. Was it inconsiderate of them? Absolutely. Were there 150 other ways for me to approach that? Yeah. But hey, it's progress, not perfection. Um, so like I was telling my friend, there's going to be shit. There's always shit. You will never achieve some level of equanimity where you are not just that there aren't, that there's nothing ever that can get you. I mean, if you're there, like that's probably spiritual bypassing. Uh, and how fucking boring. I mean, my God, hard days are good days. Pain and discomfort is grace. And it's insanely interesting. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to do the work. And it comes in different ways. And... I am unapologetically Keith. This is the incarnation. I work with it as best I can. You know, do sometimes I pop off? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite Ram Dass uh, ditties was when somebody asked him after 30 years of spiritual. Now, it's funny is I'm at 26 years in earnest, right? And he said, after 30 years of spiritual practice, what have you learned? And he said, I'm a connoisseur of my own neuroses. Very real. Very real. These people that just act like they're floating around with their fucking little thumb and index finger. Nah, that ain't real. Krishna. You know, the word Krishna means darkness. Um or uh, all attractive, right? But it means darkness. This is why Krishna is often depicted as black. The statues. 
And what I was always taught and what I think is so amazing is that it's that way because, well, there's two things that are interesting about Krishna, uh, Shiva, any, any yidam or deity that's, that's, uh, expressed as blue, right? So let's look at the blue coloring first, because that's a little less interesting than what I'm going to tell you. The sky is blue. The ocean is blue. And both of those things are so vast. The heavens are unknowable. The ocean is fucking unknowable. And it's just so vast and so deep. And everything can fit inside of it. Just think from that perspective. We obviously know that the blue sky is outer space. It's illusion, yada, yada. But you get what I'm saying. Um, The darkness thing. This is very interesting to me. Because Krishna, God, Krishna being an emanation of Vishnu, the sustaining aspect of God's source, the big mamu, whatever it is, that that it, you find it in the deepest, darkest places within yourself. I and. I almost picture myself as this big, hollow, empty cavern. And the darker I I go down into my torso where it's dark. And you just dive down and that's where I find God. And those moments, like, like lately, like just feeling what I'm feeling and going through what I'm going through. There's these, these, like, the turbulence of being alive and in love and whatever. And you, you get quiet and it gets dark and still. People always think of dark as this bad thing, but it's not. It's just darkness and it's, it's heavy like a weighted blanket and you just dive, sit, float, sink, whatever you want to say, down into those deepest parts of yourself where you actually hear the truth. That's God. That's Krishna. And when I sit there, should I, shouldn't I, will she, won't she, what to do, what not to do, call, text, text, call, send a funny meme, don't send it, whatever the fuck the thing is, you know, because you're you're trying to stay friends. And... But I just get quiet. And the, 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 the response is always, don't do anything. Just be still. So any reaching out or whatever or responding that I do is very like, I just kind of wait. And it's when it feels the most real and the most doing it for the sake of doing it rather than reaching out for the sake of getting a response. We've all done it. You know? You share something funny with that person just to keep your toe in the water so they don't forget about you. That's the fear, right? Is you leave things not open-ended, but I don't know, you leave it what you leave it, right? 
I'm 46. I'm too old to get in arguments with people. And I'm not talking to you anymore. Like, I can't. Like, it's not a fight. It's just, hey, this is what it is. But then there's that piece of you that, like, you're afraid they'll forget you. And you know they won't. Like, that's that, that piece, like, oh, my God, they're going to forget you. It's this, it's loud and frantic and it's, uh, it's busy. But then the truth is this quiet, still thing. Like Krishna speaking to Arjuna on the battlefield. Krishna doesn't blow up at Arjuna. He's just really matter of fact. Arjuna's the one flailing around and panicking. God is in the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves. Shiva, God of destruction, or what's commonly, Shiva represents the mode of ignorance. You know, it's not a bad thing. Relax, all of you yogis that all namo shivaya yourselves to sleep every night. It's just that that law that Shiva represents is so vast you're not going to understand it. You're just not going to understand it. Unless you think of it the way I've thought about it. That if Brahma or Brahma is the ocean, and Krishna or Vishnu is that thing that creates the motion in the ocean, creates the wave. Shiva is the force where the wave breaks, where the wave can no longer sustain its shape and it just breaks. But the wave is never not the ocean. It's always absolute the ocean and it just goes home. And that thing that breaks us, takes us home, death, whatever, it's unknowable. We can't understand it. I mean, we understand it intellectually. I feel like there's pieces of it that we'll never quite get. I feel like Vishnu, Krishna, Ram, easier to know and to understand, easier to access, you know, to take that deep dive into yourself and find it. So when Krishna tells Arjuna, you are all my part and parcels that the super soul exists within us that we walk around with Krishna inside of us but that's where we find it and when we get really quiet like the Quakers you know they get really quiet and they listen to the still small voice within or whatever they call it, the quiet voice within I don't know but it's just the truth you have never not known what to do It may have been hard to figure out what was the truly perfect, appropriate, whatever. But when you let go of the outcome and your attachment to the outcome, what to do was always right there. And it might not be what the scared small self wants, but it's what the big capital S self wants. Or not necessarily wants, but maybe what it knows is appropriate what it knows is proper 
what it knows is right. You know? So part of what I was telling my friend was that, you know, you just, you'll never run out of work. That's why this is the precious birth. This is where the self, soul, Atman, whatever you want to call it, works out its stuff. Right now it takes on the role of Keith and it plays this role this person who's clearly always seeking something, always looking for something, and always intensely curious and wanting to know. And I think at this point, Keith has let go, let go of trying to understand, you know, and he's just like, I don't know, man, let's just play the role, right? Sorry, I'm going over a lot of speed humps. Um, but, uh, Just get quiet. You're never going to run out of things to work on. You know, I posted something where um, I said something about, was this a new book about the struggle of life or whatever. And somebody had commented about, I could have done without the struggle of childhood. Um, and uh, I didn't respond. Usually when people say things like that, like I don't really respond because I... If you're making that comment, you're not listening, you're not reading this, so, I don't know, you're just following on Instagram, so we don't really have anything to talk about, but you get the problem with that, you know? Things happened in my childhood, and they were unsavory, they were inappropriate, and here we are. And this isn't a, well, now suck it up, buttercup. It's not that. It's just, okay, that happened, and now what? Well, we start working with it. And if I'm honest, doing the work that I've done with my own childhood trauma has enriched my life in a way that, you know, whether you want to hear this or not, there's a piece of me, and it's hard to say. I've felt it, but I've never... I have a hard time vocalizing it, but there is a level of, I don't want to call it gratitude. There's got to be something else, but it's like, I really am happy with who I am. Uh, I There's always room for improvement, obviously, but I'm happy with at least the track that, or the storyline right now for Keith, Keith's little drama right now. I'm really happy with how it's going. Even with all of the hurt and the whatever, it's, I still love it. I'm 46. I haven't been in as good a shape in my life. I haven't been happier. I've got less than I've ever had. And I'm happiest. I make less money. I don't have anyone... I'm not like partner you know but it's it's good here we are it's not that I don't want a partner yeah but I don't know this is this is how it is right now and then you know to have somebody that's good too but the pain is lawful the pain is appropriate 
and I'll just get wiser from it, you know? You know, when my friend had asked me, you know, how I had worked through that stuff, the thing I didn't say to her, which she's hearing right now, is that I have a belief system that is... that allows me to be okay. Because it's all just belief systems, right? And belief is just this non-quantifiable thought exercise, essentially. In our, in our culture, we've confused belief with the truth. We think that because we believe it, it's true. Or we only believe what's true. And what's true is very difficult to prove. To prove an objective reality about something or objective truth is very difficult. And most things don't have an objective truth or an objective reality. Most things are a subjective experience. You know, this today I got into a validate your feelings discussion with somebody. It's like, you sure you want to validate all those feelings? And then we looked at what the word validate meant. And then I asked them, do you want those feelings to be valid? And she just laughed. She's like, no, I don't. I was like, okay, good. So let's start being a little more curious about our feelings and less, you know, just accepting them the way they are. You know, it's like, I guess I can validate your experience and that you believe that you had that experience and that's how you're deciding to frame it and you're going to frame it that way. If you ever want to get really infuriated, uh, read A Course in Miracles. Actually, don't read it. You're going to have to go to a course and actually study it because the book is damn near indecipherable. But I've spent a lot of time. i got a good friend that's a Course in Miracles person. I have a few of them actually in my life. Uh, one of them I plan on having uh, dinner with on Friday, but it's uh, one of those things where it's like, well, this is what you wanted. It's like, what the fuck? But this, you know, your experience, okay, have your experience. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, you didn't enjoy your experience. Okay. Because think of it like this, right? Like, if there's a car wreck, you know, you somebody backs into you or, or whatever, right? Uh, two objects definitely collided. Your experience of that collision, that's you. That's your stuff. You know? Last time I was uh, in a little ding, I was rear-ended by somebody who was rear-ended by somebody. And uh, I walk up, cops are there, everybody's there, walking up to the person, the gentleman. And uh, he's explaining to me uh, 20-some years of driving and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I said... All you had to do was not hit the thing in front of you. And don't drift side to side. It's fairly simple. And I started explaining to him 
like how easy it really was. And the cop just grabbed my arm and she goes, let's go look at your car. I wasn't mad. I was just saying like, this is kind of simple to just, you know, just don't hit the shit in front of you. Don't drift side to side. Driving's kind of easy, you know? Uh, but if you act like an asshole and fuck around on your phone while you're doing it, like I'm doing right now, no, I'm not fucking, I'm talking to the earbuds. Um, where I live, you'll, you'll be in the express lane and I mean, just traffic hauling ass on 95 and you'll see somebody in like the far left lane. I mean, you all experience this. You go past it and they're literally screen in front of their face. It is terrifying. Um, anyway, you're going to have things to work on. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if you, you want to really work at it and think that one day you'll get past it, I'd fucking go for it. Um, and if you figure out that, uh, let me know and I'll shoot it down. But, uh, yeah, life goes on. Um, yeah, hard days are good days. Even if the hard day works out, everything works out, it's still worth it. Pain, discomfort, heartache, regardless of the outcome, are always worth it. You just go through it. And that, you know, your attraction to comfort and your strong aversion to discomfort will usually keep you pretty sick gotta make friends with the make friends with the craziness get interested in figuring it out you know uh, turn your own mind into your hobby like how do we figure this out how do I get to know the incarnation a little better yada yada alright that's it um, I am gonna go home it is 7.10 on Thursday night That's it. Uh, go to the infinite spark of bean.com. Uh, reach out if you have questions, comments. Uh, you want to tell me uh, something fun? That's fine. Uh, if you need to talk, a lot of you have realized that you can just leave me your phone number and I will call you and oddly talk to you like we know each other and it'll be fun. Anyway, uh, I love you. Bye bye.